Previously on Lost, we are excited about the episode 67. We're going to talk about the episode, The Brig. And I am Mike, as always, as one of your hosts. And I have with me two of the people who are running through the jungle, barefooted, trying to find abandoned ships in the middle of those jungles. Corey and Steven, how are you guys? And how do your feet feel? (laughs) Better than Sawyer's. Better than Sawyer's. My feet are killing could really go for some dynamite, though. <laughs> Be careful. Oh, that, that, was such a, that was such a funny scene. <laughs> I like that. Oh, my goodness. Well, we are part of the RetroZap, so you guys know we were out on social media. You know what, what podcast network we belong to. Go to RetroZap.com. But I'm pretty excited about talking about this episode, so I'm not going to waste any time on this. We're just going to jump right into episode 67 where we talk about the brig. So, Stephen. Tell us a little bit about what this episode is. All right. This was episode 19 of season three. First aired May 2nd, 2007. It was directed by Eric Leneville and written by Damon Lindelhoff and Carlton Cuse. Uh, Locke comes back to the survivor's camp and lures Sawyer, telling him that he has kidnapped Ben and wants Sawyer to kill him. He brings Sawyer to, uh, to the old vessel, the Black Rock, and Locks him in the brig with his father. After an ironic conversation, Sawyer realizes that Anthony Cooper is the man that deceived his mother and responsible for the destruction of his family. More of Locke's three days with the others at the new camp is shown. There, Ben urged Locke to prove his worth to them by killing his father, whom they brought to the island. But Locke does not have the heart to do it and plots to have Sawyer kill Anthony Cooper for him. Meanwhile, Desmond, Hurley, Charlie, and Jen secretly bring the mysterious and wounded woman, Naomi, back to the survivor's camp to hide in Hurley's tent. Hurley tells a secret to Saeed, so he tries to fix the radio to contact her vessel, which lies about 80 miles away. But Kate sees the device and reveals the secret to Jack and Juliet. Locke releases Sawyer and gives the tape recorder to him, proving that Juliet is a traitor, and the others will raid her camp to get the pregnant son. All right. Um... This is one of the only two episodes, as far as episode facts goes, of Lost not to introduce any new characters. The other is the other being this place's death. Huh, interesting. Nobody knew. Nobody and knew. even like a side character. Honestly, I didn't I would have thought that there'd yeah, be more that didn't. Yeah, that seems hard to believe, honestly. <laughs> it, it 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 is. I mean, and the only the only people I think you could actually if you want to say new characters would be like all the you know the red shirts from the from the others camp, even though none of them really had a name, they were just there. Yeah, like the guy that glared at Locke or whatever. Yeah, <laughs> I guess most episodes must have somebody in the flashbacks that's like that's like a name character, even yep. if they're only in one episode, like in a flashback or you know some sort of. Pretty hmm, interesting. Interesting. Yeah. All right. So how long we've been on this island? Corey and uh, what's happened last time before we get into this one? All right, so we have been on the island. This is this covers days 88, 89, and uh, of course, <clears throat> previously on Lost, Locke's father, Anthony Cooper, cons him <clears throat> for his kidney by pretending to have um, interest in having a relationship. <laughs> Classic <laughs> Anthony Cooper. <laughs> uh, Cooper pushes Locke out of a window, dropping him eight stories, breaking his back, and paralyzing him from the waist down. Ouch. Uh, However, after the crash, Locke wakes up on the beach with the ability to walk. Nice. Uh, Also, Ben tells Locke that he knows everything about him, including that he was raised in foster care, that he was in a wheelchair for four years. He tells Locke to imagine um, that the island contains a very large box that can manifest anything one wishes for. Locke sarcastically suggests that Ben should wish for a new submarine because uh, (laughs) it was about to be blown up by Locke. Good comeback by Locke. 
And Locke sarcastically asks about the magic box, and Ben says he will show him what came out of it. Ben then unlocks a door, revealing Anthony Cooper himself, bound and beaten with a gag in his mouth. Dun, dun, dun. Hmm. Okay. Interesting. All right. Well, let's talk about the storylines here. So we have, we kind of have two storylines. Um... John and the Others flashbacks is one. And then we have the Jungle and the Black Rock. <clears throat> when we talk about John and the Others, we have to remember those are days 81 through 88. So they're not, you know, along the same time frame. So I guess we could talk about um, that one so first. They're, like, they're kind of like the flashbacks of this episode. I mean, right. They are flashbacks, but they're on-island flashbacks. Right. So... All right, well, let's talk about this then. John and the others, uh, Locke and the others' flashbacks. Um, where do we want to go with this one? By the way, this is the first time in three episodes that we've seen John Locke. Did y'all know that? Yeah, I mean, this is like, they left us on such a cliffhanger on Locke and his his story. You know, you think that he is, um, you know, he just meets, sees that his dad is there. He just blew up the submarine. And I guess all we really saw was that little bit of him talking to Kate, like, where he's like, hey, I'm joining the others later. And, uh, you know, it's a pretty big uh, thing to leave you with um, for Locke to kind of disappear for a while. And that's kind of, you know, this season and the rest of the seasons will kind of do this. But, like, the characters get split up a lot and you don't necessarily hear from everyone every episode. Um, But... They bring us back, uh, you know, with a bang. And this episode, a lot happens in this episode. It covers a lot, of, and not just John stuff. I mean, we'll get into the other stuff later, but um, it's cool how they catch us up on Locke. I mean, really, there these flashbacks. There weren't, um, you know, wasn't like there wasn't a lot that happened in them. It was kind of a smaller chunk of the episode, but uh, it's very interesting stuff. Yeah. I agree. I, I I enjoyed getting this version of the flashbacks. I enjoyed watching the others. Um, I, I, I'm a sucker for camping things, for camping, you know, going out and that kind of thing. So I kind of enjoyed seeing them camp out at these, you know, ancient ruins and, um, and getting a little more. See, this is a little more John's pace. I mean, of, of, of Locke's pace out with these people, you know, can't camp out in the open air laying on the open ground. Um, the only thing he didn't expect was to have to stabby, stabby his dad, um, <laughs> which he almost could have. He almost could have. And can we just talk about how Anthony Cooper just straight egged him on? Like, I'm very surprised that Locke had enough gumption to hold himself back. The dude had a knife to your throat, and you keep egging him on. It's just, it, it <laughs> did seem... Didn't seem wise, although he knew Locke wouldn't do it, but it still doesn't seem wise. <laughs> a man can only be pushed so far. Well, I mean, that's the thing, though. Let's get right into this. Anthony Cooper believes that he's he's already dead. You know, he thinks he's in hell. And, and uh, you know, or, you know, some sort of purgatory. He thinks, you know, how can you kill me? I'm already dead. Um <clears throat> And if there's one thing that Anthony Cooper can still do, cling to in life, it's antagonizing his son. <laughs> <laughs> oh. And, and I mean, based on what he tells us, you can kind of understand why he thinks he's in hell. Like, it makes perfect sense. He got into a wreck, he sees the person in the ambulance smile at him, and then he wakes, he, he blacks out and he wakes up on this, you know mysterious place with his son who he thought was dead. I mean, it makes perfect sense why he thinks he's in hell. Yeah. And this is such a, I mean, the way this episode starts is so cool with, with, um, um, I mean, uh, the way the flashback stuff <clears throat> with Locke and, um, you know, the first thing that happens is, he, you know, he tries to take the gag down to ask his dad a question and he bites his hand. I mean, it's just why? Why? <laughs> so ruthless. It's like nasty and uh, well, and it's so funny seeing Richard there. I mean, we'll get into Richard as this episode, but like Richard has just kind of been <clears throat> in the background. <clears throat> I think only a couple times, so like, or was it just 
He's I been just in a couple only, things. I think it was the only the only time I remember him was the one with um, Juliet and at at, yeah. at, at, at middle of bioscience. I mean, then he's, he's been standing in the background, but he's not said anything. Yeah, and then um, he's there, you know, at, with the magic box conversation, and you know, you can kind of tell by his expression, especially like going back and trying to read into what Richard is thinking that. You know, Richard is playing along, but <clears throat> doesn't really like this whole mind game thing. Um, <clears throat> but I mean, do you guys want to talk about a little bit of this uh, thinking he's in hell thing? I mean, it plays out throughout the whole episode. Yeah, I think it also plays out on those that are at the at, at the beach too. Um, when when you know Naomi drops the big reveal at the end that no, we found your plane and all the survivors at the end of a trench. I mean, at the bottom of, of of a deep trench in the ocean. You know, y'all are all dead. Um, yeah. Of course, we 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 know that you know we know later from later on episodes that Woodmore's gonna have a plan in that, but. This is the episode that, because of what Anthony Cooper said and because of what Naomi said, the big theory of they've all been dead the whole time to begin with um, really started to make a really big push. That these guys are actually living in a purgatory. They are, they are, they are actually dead right now. Yeah, I mean, I think that that theory, um, <clears throat> you know, pre-existed this episode it was you know a theory people had but um you know i I don't know how like how much you know percentage wise of the viewers thought that that is true but i know a lot of people um that theory was out there and then this episode it like deliberately is just messing with the fans it's like it is it's so funny the fans are like, you know, this gives us a lot of, you know, credence that that we're right, we're right, we're right. And it's like, it's like little off accused for like, <laughs> okay. <laughs> <laughs> so. But Lost does a great way of, they will address these type of theories, like straight out. It like just like actually acknowledge them in a way, um, to disprove them. You know, it's like Anthony Cooper says it out loud, um. And then, you know, you're right about the Naomi stuff, too. <clears throat> and then it's going to be shown, you know, why it was, uh, uh, you know, why it's false, why it definitely is reality. It's not. <laughs> right. Even it, people still struggle with that. I mean, it, it, to me, it's still kind of like the Dave episode. This is why, you know, I keep bringing it up. But, you know, that was an ongoing theory that this was all in Hurley's head. And they, they gave us that answer and then refuted it in the middle of a, you know, a random episode in the middle of season two. So they did kind of this, you know, the same thing here. This isn't a season finale series finale. It's just a regular episode. They're giving us this theory and kind of playing with it. Um, you know, showing us, Hey, they're still alive. Yeah. Yeah. And so, I mean, this, it's really interesting seeing John, um, you know, with living with the others for a little bit. And it's, it's kind of cool. Like, Watching this episode again, it all kind of came back to me, like seeing John like at the others camp and like them setting up the tents and and <clears throat> him interacting with Ben like from the inside. Um, it seems so simple, but at the same time, like this type of stuff was mind blowing at the time. You're like, oh, my gosh, we're getting to like see like the others like like. Like from their point of view, like seeing in their camp. I mean, it's still John's point of view, but like seeing right. like in their camp and like what's going on. It's like the inner workings of the others. <clears throat> and it's kind of interesting because like at this point forward, the others, this is kind of how they live for a lot of the rest of the series is kind of in these tent setups. And we see that this is how they operated for kind of the majority of their existence. It was only, you know, that period of time. Um, after Dharma, where they lived in the the barracks, because Ben, you know, set him up there. Yeah. One thing I think was kind of interesting was just how much Locke was really loving this. You know, they were really kind of feeding his ego, his that need for acceptance he has had. He's kind of starting to get that. The little scene where he's helping Cindy, and you know, she tells him, you know, we've been waiting for you. I mean, that that's the that's the kind of stuff Locke lives for, 
and he hasn't got the rest of his life until he got to the islands. I really feel like Locke is really loving this setup here, and you can yeah. you can see why it why it he was drawn to this. Yeah, he's on you his know, own journey now. I I I like how I I like seeing in this episode Ben really really struggling to maintain his his um his power over the people. It's amazing to see how I don't think it's as much as mind games, although I do think that there were some mind games that he did, but more or less I think that Ben struggled because he saw the people responding to Locke. He would see like like, like Richard respond to Locke. So there was there was this there was this power shift between the two. Um, yeah, I do think there was some, there were some issues, you know, that, that Ben thought he had over Locke, but I think Locke, Locke, Locke was playing the long game in this one over Ben. Yeah. I mean, I, I like to believe that Locke kind of knows what he's doing here. <clears throat> um, you know, Maybe. Locke is riding high <laughs> off of confidence from, um, blowing up the sub and though arguably one of the only things that could really shake him is this you know, conflict of his dad being there, which really is one of his biggest weaknesses. Um, but there's this whole story of um, Ben has a tumor and he almost died and he's in a wheelchair, yet the island is supposed to have healing powers, whereas Locke was paralyzed right. and he can walk. You know, so... Um, it's cool that the others have like picked up on the story, you know, when Cindy says like, Oh, when we heard that like, you were paralyzed and then you could walk again, like we knew you were special. Well, and did, did you guys pick up on the part two where he said he, where Ben, Ben stood up and he said that he started getting better when Locke showed up there to, to blow up the submarine, which I thought was kind of interesting. I'm not really sure how that, fits into the healing powers of the island, but I did think that was kind of interesting where he said Locke showing up made him start healing. Yes. I, dude, I love that scene. That was good. I, I don't know if I buy that, if, it, if it's just it's, <laughs> if it's just Ben's, you know, messing with him. But he says, like, hey, as soon as you showed up, you know, I started feeling pins and needles. Um, <clears throat> and that's the scene in the tent where Locke, or I mean, uh, Ben gets up and he starts using, <clears throat> using the cane. <clears throat> And, dude, I mean, it's just, I say it over and over again in this podcast, but uh, Ben and John scenes are just phenomenal. I mean, they're all they're doing is standing there talking in the tent, but you can just, like, feel this, like, tension and yes. chemistry at the same time and this, like, back and forth between these two mindsets. It's just... And the mind games that they play on each other is really, really good. It just melts into the screen. It's just so good. Like you don't get that all the time with simple scenes like that. But those actors just are powerful in in, in the way they they work together. And it's amazing that they 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 could both do mind games on each other. Like it, it's, yeah, it's, it, and and the other it's it's almost like you don't know who has the upper hand between the two. Because yeah, and I think because that, they're both playing each other off. Yeah, and I think sometimes you think back, like it's easy to think like, oh, Locke like was kind of suckered into a lot of stuff, and, and he is at times. But I mean, here, Ben, <clears throat> I mean Locke, he knows that the magic box thing is full of crap. He's like, there is no magic box. Like you, he's like, I, you brought my dad here to mess with me. Like I'm not buying this like BS that. Uh, my dad appeared here, you know, from the power of the island, you know, for me to kill him. He's like, he knows that Ben is just trying to um, mess with him. Whether, I mean, even though it is, you know, kind of working, he he can see through that. And then, you know, and then Ben does admit, you know, well, the magic box is a metaphor, but. Uh, right. Uh, but still this whole idea, like you have to kill your dad to, to to prove yourself to us, which is so dumb. And it seems like, like, you know, maybe, <clears throat> maybe some of the others, you know, think he should, but I don't think all of them really care that much about that. But, um, 
Well, here's here's one thing I was wondering. Why do why would the others go along with Ben on this? Like this whole need to prove yourself thing. It doesn't seem like that's ever been the case for anybody else. You know, they came and stole Cindy and the kids. It, it doesn't seem like they made them make some kind of gesture or something to be a part of, of them. I, how did Ben, We you know, we saw how he got to the others. Um, but how did he get in charge of the other where he got to make these decisions? Because he slaughtered all of Dharma. <laughs> but they all did. <laughs> I mean, they all they all slaughtered Dharma. It's you know he's appointed by Jacob and he's got the authority and so they kind of think that he, you know, they have to listen to what he says, right? Uh, I mean, I I mean, what does he have on them? Is my question. <laughs> like, I think he's got something on them. Kind of like blackmail on everybody, you know. The, the, you can't. You, <clears throat> I just don't think you could sit there and tell me he's got. He doesn't have files on everybody on the plane, but he doesn't have files on the people that are there. And it's almost as if they're forced to stay there behind their will. Um, I mean, maybe, I mean, but I, I think it's just that he's the leader and he has the authority, and um, you know, it's like any leader. You may not agree with everything, but. Uh, you also think, hey, he's he's protected us this far and he's taken us this far. Like, you know, you take the good with the bad, I guess. Yeah, I guess. <laughs> I don't know. I just think it's because he's got, you know, it's just the way the island, the way the others work. There's a leader and you follow them and then. The island chose uh, him. Yeah. Well, Jacob, Jacob, Jacob did a point. I mean, Jacob. Ben is the leader, you know, that is so, true. So, so here's the question then. Was he chosen by Jacob or was he chosen by the man in black? I don't know. If you really want to get thinking about it, because... I mean, you well, could say he, he, he was... Was he... He wasn't really chosen by either of them. He was kind of chosen by Richard. But was he manipulated by the man in black somehow? Because we know the man in black can 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 possess bodies, since we already know he's inside of Locke right now. All right. <laughs> okay. I do, this might I, be do a, that, I do that just to get Corey's reaction every yeah. time. Uh, this might be a better discussion for for the, the Ben the next episode. <laughs> that is true. We got to talk about this episode though. Okay. I do, you know, speaking of Richard Alpert, I do always love Richard Alpert. I think he's one of the best characters on the show. He's so. I love when eventually in season six when we get his backstory. That's oh a, yeah, and it's such a cool episode. I just there's something about this guy that I just I really like. He he's just he's cool. He's calm. You know he he's collected in the face of everything. I like the way he approached John on the cliff and um, said, "Look, all Ben's trying to do is just embarrass you, man. Just 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 trying to embarrass you. But hey, I'm gonna help you out." Here, here, here's a folder. Hands a folder and he says, Sort, what does James have to do with this? Keep reading. <laughs> yeah. Just keep reading. He doesn't tell them the answer. He just says, Keep reading. And it's so interesting. I mean, we, we, you know, Ben, he embarrasses um, <clears throat> Locke in front of everybody, uh, which is, you know, you know, it's kind of crazy, you know, ruins the area where. <laughs> uh cooper is tied up and then richard um <clears throat> it's cool how richard comes to him and explains it all and beautiful setting by the way they go back to this yeah uh spot several i mean i think we'll see in several of the flashes throughout time the others uh like this patch of grass it's a uh, um there's some significance to it but um you know richard showing him the files um <clears throat> and this is when uh Locke starts calling Sawyer James all the time, right? After this. Yes. Yeah. And so, yeah, it's just, uh, I don't know. It's so cool. You know, keep reading. I, I think that's, um, is that essentially all we get with these flashbacks? I guess they leave him behind. Ben says, you know, we're going to leave you behind. We'll leave you a trail you can follow, which is still kind of cool how the others can like choose to leave no trail or they can leave a trail. <laughs> I'd like to know how to do that. 
Yeah, I'd be curious. Um, curious now. Yeah, I'd be curious about that. And so, a very good Richard scene, and it's like when you see this, you're like, okay, yeah, that was the guy in the Juliet episode. Huh, this guy's kind of weird, but I, I don't really know. There's much to this guy. Little do we know he's going to become, you know, so important by the end. Well, and when you and when you always see Richard, barring a few times, you always see this guy who's just nicely dressed, who, who who's wearing nice pants, nice shoes, you know, just a really nice. He's he's nicely dressed, even when he went and talked to John just now. He's wearing nice clothes. Everybody else is wearing others' clothes. Rich, so immediately he, he, in your mind, he should stand apart because, and I think the career, and I think the, the the writers and the directors did a really good job at this. Is they're saying. Hey, there's something different about this guy. We want you to know it's not just his clothing he's wearing, but we got a bigger story for him down down the line. So keep your eye on this guy who's just who comes yeah. in, says says little things here and there, but he's also dressed like really sharp. There's something to this guy. So it was very good, very good scene for them. Uh, anything else about these flashbacks before we kind of head to? I know it says the jungle and the black rock, but there's also kind of beach stuff mixed in on that one too. No, I'm 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 ready to go to the beach and the jungle and all that stuff unless Steven has something else. No, no. So, I, mean, I, I think I was ahead. just going to say really quickly before we get into uh, Locke and Sawyer, like kind of interesting uh, opening um, with uh, Kate deciding to leave the tent. <laughs> yeah. Yep. <laughs> you forget like this episode is so cool like the little things that like you kind of forget oh that's why Sawyer was barefoot because he was just going out to pee and Kate <laughs> left him because <laughs> she didn't want to stay in his tent um, that's funny and it's, and it's also interesting because I mean we'll know um, <laughs> later on like Sawyer is going to be this this episode changes him you know and uh, so his and Kate's relationship ends up changing, you know, a bit, too, because he's going to be, you know, it's this is kind of a crazy traumatic thing to you know, go kill your or get this revenge um, on your, um, you know, parents, you know, the, the con man that, that screwed up your whole life. But uh, by, by there's the also way, comedy to it. <laughs> yeah, there is. You know what? Let, let, let Hurley's out there like, guys, what are you doing? We are peeing too <laughs> yeah. yes really such a bad liar such a... <laughs> oh because so oh, you know it doesn't look you know suspicious that you're staying outside of a tent but you know you had you you had i mentioned i wanted to mention this on another episode and i kept forgetting to do it but you had mentioned that just now about his you know he went and killed his father i always kept thinking about the guy he killed on the shrimp truck and how that 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 the thing of shrimp looked really good at the moment. I just want you to know that every time I think every time I think about the, the <laughs> shrimp guy, I think about how good that shrimp actually looked, and I was like, hmm, I'd eat that. Anyways, oh, I had what nothing if that to was like a one? All those... Go ahead. I said all those poor Australian sh- people out coming to get their shrimp the next day. And the food truck couldn't have opened the next day. The owner, you know, the, the cook was shot. I know, right? They, what a lunch disappointment. Yeah. I mean, what if you had like a secret recipe and like no one else could do it after? <laughs> it's going it, to, it'd be like the episode of Seinfeld when the, the soup Nazi closes up his shop and everybody rushes to get all the leftover soup. Yep. They're all like, what, what shrimp is left over? Give me, give me the rest of it. I must have it. <laughs> yeah. Oh, but, but anyway, so yeah, um, kind of, I kind of rabbit trailed us there. Um, I, so let's talk about the, the, the beach stuff or let, no, let's talk about Locke and Sawyer first. Because we kind of end on the beach stuff on purpose, but let's talk about the lock and the Sawyer. Do you? Well, for for, for one thing, I I do got to say that it starts off with Locke reading his file, and then he throws right. it into the fire. And I don't know why this has just always bothered me. It's why did he burn that file? Like, wouldn't showing him that file help? get him to believe him to go along with him, you know, say, Hey, they've got files on us. He told him that, but why wouldn't he keep that to show him? 
You know, it's like to me, I don't know what was accomplished by burning that file. Was it just a cool moment to throw something in the fire? I, I, I don't know. I don't. I don't think he needed the file anymore. I think it was mainly for Sawyer's benefit, though, because you notice that Locke never once told Sawyer that this is your father. And I think yeah. if he had shown Sawyer the well, file, he had he would. I think if he had shown Sawyer the file, Sawyer would have. I think he needed Sawyer to come out to his own conclusion. Well, it's not Sawyer's father. You mean it's it, right? Well, the man who conned him. I'm sorry. The, yeah, the man, yeah. the man who conned him. Like he, yeah, actually, he, that's true. He didn't want him I, to find out beforehand. Right. So, I, I always do. I always do wonder though if Locke ever got the not sense of justice, but the sense of uh, yeah, justice and and peace he was wanting when Anthony Cooper died, even though he wasn't the one who killed him. Did wait? Did did uh, Locke burn the file, or did Sawyer burn the file? No, Locke burnt the file at the beginning when he was reading yeah. it, and then just tossed oh, okay. it in the fire. Either that, or maybe he thought that was the only file the others had on Sawyer, and yeah. he went ahead and burnt it so that they couldn't have a file on him anymore. I don't know. I think he just thought it was cool and dramatic. I don't know. Boom! He just stared. <laughs> I mean, at probably the flames and. I guess you could say it's so that no one, so that Sawyer wouldn't find it, you know, or something like that. Um, but I mean, I think Sawyer is glad that the file is burned. You yeah. Want it. <clears throat> Did but you, I do. I, I will say that I, I, Josh Holloway's, um, I just, I'm hard. It's hard for me to take him seriously now in this episode. Cause I just watched the community paintball episode this week where he was in it. <laughs> <laughs> um, but his facial expression, his acting on when he's when the when the pieces are starting to fit together that did you her name was, you know, I can't remember what he say, Sarah. No one's Sarah. Mary. Mary. You know, yeah. Jasper Elevate. It everything's starting to pin and then Andy Cooper just says, Oh yeah, I remember her. And I'm like, I but that's the wrong thing to say. When you're chained <laughs> up and you got this guy who already hates your guts. Um <laughs> But his acting on when he went from just talking to this guy and telling this guy to shut up to, no, 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 no. Tell me, were you and Jasper, you know, when did you run this con? That kind of, it was really good. Well, it was spot on for, for Josh Holloway. Yeah, it's it's phenomenal. Um, I think that, that acting is really good. That scene, um, <clears throat> I mean, it's something that's been set up since, like, the first or second episode of Lost is Sawyer reading this letter and what it means. And that was kind of his defining characteristic. I mean, it's his freaking name, Sawyer. Um, <laughs> and that this scene had to live up to all that buildup over years. Um, and to have it play out the way it did. I mean, it's not like, I mean, this is just one episode and that really was, it kind of all came down to like a couple scenes, you know, with, yeah. Um, <clears throat> with Anthony Cooper, uh, but his his um, his performance really is is great. And uh, you're right. The thing with um, with Mary, where he brings up Mary and he says, "You know, your mom um, practically begged me to save her from her sorry life." I mean, it's just heart wrenching. I mean, of yeah. course, you can't believe anything this guy says, but. Um, <clears throat> you really feel it for Sawyer. And I mean, this emotion, this episode got me a little emotional watching it. And I was kind of surprised. I mean, I've always liked this episode, but um, I do think, um, and I'll get into this more, but like one of the things that some people could like criticize is like, well, it's kind of half a lock episode and half a Sawyer episode. So is it like, uh, you know, does it deliver the full punch? Cause it's kind of like divided between, these two characters like it's like they're the main thing about their backstory is kind of split between two characters but i think um it does a really good job and um yeah it's intense and I, yeah i mean just even before that scene and you know in the brig i also really like the just the the when Locke and sawyer were walking to there like I, I agree that Josh Holloway, this is one of you know one of his best episodes, I think. But when 
when he figures out that Locke is lying to him, but doesn't know why, um, and when Locke starts telling him about his past and, you know, knows that his dad killed his mom, you, you can really see in Sawyer's face, he goes back to being that kid whose parents, you know, killed, killed each other. And then immediately he goes into his defense mode where he, you know, attacks Locke and knocks him down and says, you know, I've been conned by Ben before, you know, remember the bunny. Um, so it's just the different sides of Sawyer. We really get to see that he's still this damaged kid, um, you know, that this horrible thing happened to him while also being a, you know, a person willing to murder you know, later in life. So it's, it's really kind of a, you know, double-sided coin with Sawyer. And I think we get to see both, you know, all of that this episode. Well, who do you yeah, think had, sorry, go ahead. I was just gonna say, you know, it's a shame that I don't think, yeah, I, I know it's a shame that Josh Holloway never got an Emmy nomination for Sawyer and <clears throat> I actually pulled it up here. Cause I think I knew what, uh, what happened, but, um, you know, <laughs> it's I think Terry O'Quinn won for this season. Yeah, he did. And and Michael Emerson. So you you had Michael Emerson and Terry O'Quinn were both nominated for this season. But man, uh Josh Holloway could have been nominated for this episode. Um hundred you know, percent. He was so good. So who do you think grew more as a character in this episode? Or developed more? Because personally I think it was it was it was Sawyer over John Locke because I just I feel like I think the reason Locke could never be the leader he wanted to be is because Locke could never make the hard decisions in this instance what was he supposed to do I'm not saying we, we don't need to go out and kill people that's not what I mean what I'm saying is what was he supposed to he was supposed to be the one to kill his father right well because he couldn't do it what did he do he went and got Sawyer so I don't think Locke really grew much in this episode, except for somebody else just took care of his problem for him. Uh-oh. Yeah, that's definitely what happened. Yeah, he he couldn't do it, and he didn't do it. Uh, so yeah, I mean, I, I I agree more. I, and I don't know if I would call what Sawyer did growth, but uh, it, it well, definitely changed. It definitely changed him. It's yeah. moving past his past. Yeah. Is, is, is what it did. It got him over that hill of finally getting to the goal he had set. And then, of course, you see in the next episode, he's kind of losing his way now. He doesn't know. He can't right find his footing because all he's known his entire life is what? I'm going to find this guy. I'm going to kill this guy after I make him read this letter. And then he finally accomplishes that. Now he's just like, well, what do I do now? <laughs> what, well, yeah, no, it's it's devastating for sure. I think this, I'm going to kind of take the easy way out and say it's a tie. I think this was, I don't know if growth, I mean, they do grow from, but it's like, this was an important moment for both characters. And um, for Locke, he was able to start to move on and move past his father. <clears throat> for Sawyer, he was able to move on. But the the ironic thing is, actually, neither of them wanted to kill him. Sawyer didn't want to kill anybody. He's like, I don't want to kill someone. Like, I've already... You know, he you could tell Sawyer had remorse for killing the shrimp guy and um, he didn't want to go kill Ben or and I don't think he would have wanted to. I mean, he killed um, Cooper because he egged him on. Well, I think he was I think he wanted to kill Cooper. Because that's I don't think I think it's been his whole life's goal. I think the reason he vomited after he did it was because. Because I think it was the 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 adrenaline rush, the 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 thrill. I say thrill is a terrible word to use, <laughs> but 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 his body was so worked up from what just took place. The natural reflex in the body is to throw it out. Yeah, and well, I mean, yeah, I think he like wanted revenge on this guy, but at the moment in Sawyer's life, he was you know he's enamored with Kate. He spent all this time, um, you know, a prisoner with the others. I think he just wanted to be done with that stuff. And, like, he didn't <clears throat> want to go kill this guy. But Locke, and Locke couldn't do it either. Locke didn't want to kill his own dad. And I, I don't blame him. The guy doesn't. No. Just because he, he hates his dad, just because he's been hurt by him, doesn't mean he actually wants to kill him. <clears throat> and, uh, I mean, Sawyer didn't want to kill 
I mean, Sawyer will kill people out of revenge. Um, he will at the end of the season. Rest in peace, Mr. Friendly. But uh, um, Sawyer at this moment is like, he's not wanting to go out and kill. And, um, you know, John kind of brings him into it. But, uh, um, you know, it's, uh, I do think Sawyer changes, you know. I mean, we know that Sawyer will change a lot <clears throat> from now to the end of the series. And this is maybe part of it. I think, um, I think the result uh, after this is is actually kind of negative for a while. You know, he's kind of like into a depression, and he's reckless, and he's wild, and then he's going to kind of gather himself and become a good leader. By 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 the way, you you mentioned Mister Friendly. I uh, I sure did miss seeing Mister Friendly in this episode when he you know in the whole big old camp setting. I, he he wasn't there. Yeah, I don't know where he's at. He was though. I did. I did notice him once because it stood out to me because he was like supervising people carrying the tents up the field. I noticed he wasn't actually carrying any of the tents, but when they go to walk away at the end, he is there directing traffic while everybody else does the hard work. Oh, yeah. oh I, 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 I did. It, that just stood out to me because I thought it was kind of funny. He was just telling him where to go. <laughs> sounds sounds like Mister Friendly. Um, <laughs> That's good. Uh, <clears throat> well, one question I did have about this this whole plot of Locke and Sawyer is we see how the conversation went because and it all started because you know uh, Cooper said I didn't raise a dummy. What if what if he did just didn't bring it up? Like it, it's kind of you know this is kind of a big coincidence that this happens to be the man that killed Sawyer's parents is. What if Sawyer didn't ask those questions? What if Cooper didn't mention the fact that he was a con man? Like, it's kind, I don't of, think it's kind of a lot of luck that this conversation went this way for yes. Locke. Well, I, I think Locke was going to lock him in there until he figured it out. I mean, I think he was going <laughs> to lock him in there. <laughs> Even and if, make it was him day, ask if it was days. and I don't think it would. I think it would have happened after. I mean, it's pretty natural for him to be say like that's my son out there he's crazy um i don't know i think it would have come up what else they got to talk about besides john Locke? (laughs) well let's well maybe you know before we leave the black rock and head back to the beach we should probably talk about the about the romantic tension between rousseau and Locke um over dynamite (laughs) Um, yes that that casual unique um, interaction between the two was, was like, huh, dynamite? Oh, okay. Okay, it's over there. Hey, be careful. It, uh, it's unstable. <laughs> it's so weird. <laughs> well, you're also missing, the, yeah, in the in the middle of that, before that line of dialogue, Sawyer's beating on the door, and you could tell that, like, he has people locked up in there, and, and Rousseau doesn't even question it. <laughs> she didn't care. <laughs> I loved it. I mean, yeah, why didn't Rousseau and John become a thing? I mean, they're like the same age. Um, I mean, they both love island life. They love a good trap. They know how to hunt boar. Um, I don't know. Maybe I mean, they I did. Think, we just didn't know. Lock, I think maybe Danielle Rousseau kinda... is not... Uh, She's not as much of a destiny person as Locke. Look, she, she was kind of hung up on Saeed, I think. She she definitely liked Saeed. Look, Locke, yeah. Locke took a lot of quote-unquote spiritual walks and boar hunting trips. So I'm just saying, you know, we don't know what he was doing on those on those day, day, day daily trips. <laughs> he could have been meeting meet Russo in the woods. Yeah. <laughs> so I'm starting that theory now on all, on, on, on all the Reddit channels. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> So, um, all right. Anything else about Sawyer and Locke before we kind of head on to the, to finish up at the beach? I mean, just there's just some good. I was just gonna say there's some good uh, banter back and forth. I love Sawyer at the beginning. You know, yeah. your files got their facts wrong, um, and uh, <laughs> I like that uh, Sawyer um, accuses John of doing a con. I think we talked about that a little bit ago. But he's like, I've been conned by Ben before. It's a con. Um, and uh, a good line by John, uh, you know, he says, he, he's telling him, you're going to kill him. And, and uh, <clears throat> Sawyer's like, I'm definitely not going to kill him. We're going to take him back to camp. 
And he's like, you'll change your mind when you hear what he has to say, which is ultimately true. Um, I love when they're talking about the guy in Australia, our shrimp buddy, that... Uh, <laughs> yeah. I, it's a great... Sawyer, or Sawyer says, I didn't mean to kill him. And Locke goes, well, who'd you mean to kill? Yeah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> By the way, um, I'm still trying to figure out why, why Locke could not have allowed Sawyer to get some daggum shoes, man. I don't get it. Because he would have talked to somebody. Well, like, hey, just, Locke's here. Hey, don't don't well, okay. don't tell him about him here, but go get some shoes on real quick so you don't hurt your feet. <laughs> okay, because also Locke, you know, Locke's pulling a little mind games here. Locke was like, come with me. I've got Ben in the forest. And then Sawyer says no. And so Locke just walks off. He says, okay, I guess I was wrong about you or whatever. And then Sawyer's like, dang it, I got to follow him. And so, you know, time is of the essence. Mm-hmm. Um and then I also love, we just got to go back to uh, in the brig when, uh, you know, Sawyer says he's got the gun pointed, you know, at Locke. And he's like, why would a man with a gun put a knife at my throat? <laughs> <laughs> and so he calls this bluff that he has no, he knows that the gun is empty. He's got no That's bullets funny. left. That's uh, funny. And then, of it's- course, like, I mean, just... A little bit more about Sawyer's killing of Sawyer killing Sawyer. The fact that uh, when he finally says, he lists off all those names and he finally says Tom Sawyer. And you see Sawyer's face change. Mm-hmm. He says, oh, it's funny. Sawyer's my name too. Booyah. It's just, it's just so cool. I mean, do you guys think it, it lived up to the hype? I mean, he, you know, because he always thought the idea is that he gives him the letter, he's going to make him read it, and he's going to kill him. I mean, he gives him the letter. And then, of I just, course. I just hate I, we don't get to finish the letter. <laughs> There's no more to the letter. Then. <laughs> There's no more to the letter. He just tears it up halfway through. I'm like, no, I want to know what else it said. <laughs> Me too. I mean, they never, we never know what the rest of this says. Right. No, I mean, I think we've read. I think we've heard the whole letter when the, I think he read the whole thing to Kate. No, Kate he always re- stops. He always stops there at that point, and she she stops there and she goes, "Didn't a kid? Did you write this as a kid?" And you see, so because you could ne- like see that the letter is like all the way down to the end of the page. Yeah. Well, I I th- I do think that when he when he tore it up, yeah, there's no way that that could have lived up for Sawyer to the thirty some years of. He's waited to give him that letter. So I think when he, I think when Sawyer snapped is when he tore up that letter. You know, he's been waiting all this time to, to make him read that letter and it didn't have the, he didn't have the response he felt like he should have. And I think when he ripped up that letter, it kind of, that's what I think pushed Sawyer over the edge to, oh, yeah. You want to go to hell? I'll send you to hell. (laughs) I mean, it's great. It's like, Man, I'm still wondering why Josh Holloway didn't become like the next big action star. And man, he's so good. And, and 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 he straight like Princess Leia's him. I mean, just with the chain and everything and killing him. You know, that's <laughs> <laughs> not what I would have first thought of as Princess Leia. But <laughs> yeah, hey, I think know, it's you, a you, satisfying. You know, the you know, it's about Josh Holloway action star. He's played in some pretty good stuff since You know, he played in um called the Colony, which is a really good show. Central Intelligence, which was really cool oh, a few years back. They only had a few episodes. Um, I mean, he's played in a he, couple things. Yeah, I'm not, not to diminish Yellowstone. Yellowstone. That yeah, was a pretty, he, he, he pretty was in Yellowstone for a while. Did a really good job in that show. He he has had a good career. I just uh, in my mind, I was like, he's going to be like the next Bruce Willis, you know, or something like that. I, I think know. he could have been. So oh, and he, knows, he, he still he still can be. Yeah, he just needs the right show, right right movie. But he is uh, he's great in this. And I think it's a very satisfying ending to that kind of storyline in that. Uh, um, <clears throat> I mean, it's dark. It's intense. He chokes him with a chain. It's it's sad. He, you know, he's obviously torn up about it. And and the look on Locke's face. I mean, we'd be remiss if we didn't mention um, <clears throat> more about Locke. The look on Locke's face when Sawyer. When it's done and Locke opens the door to the brig and you can see the tears in Locke's eyes and he just says thank you it's um yeah it's uh it's it's amazing it's sad yeah. well, 
I, I think what I will say for me is uh, it's more impactful on rewatch for me than it was when I first watched it. And I think the reason why is because I was still, I think, kind of hung up on the mystery box element of it. It's like, how did they get him? You know, I, I think I was still more concerned about what we were learning about the others from this than just the sheer emotional impact of what Sawyer did to this man who had ruined his and Locke's life. So I, I do think in, you know, in rewatching it now, I think it was far more impactful than it probably was the first time I watched it just because I was hung up on some of the other stuff going on. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so, Speak. yeah. I was gonna say, speaking of the other stuff. Well, I, I want to say one more thing about Locke and Jack. I mean, Locke and <laughs> Sawyer. Sorry, we have we have to talk about the very end moment. I mean, like we've said, Sawyer kind of like takes over a lot of this episode, but it is still kind of a John episode. Um, yeah, the ending. I mean, I look back now, and I think it's actually kind of like it's almost a little silly that I thought this was like such a badass moment. And it still is. I'm not saying it's not, but when, I mean, this is an eye opening episode for, um, Locke to learn about Sawyer's backstory, but also for Sawyer to learn about Locke's backstory. I mean, he learns that, that John was, you know, paralyzed for four years and he was thrown out of building and like now, you know, John is exposed and he's vulnerable to because of this information that Sawyer knows about him. And they kind of share this moment and then it's not really addressed again. They kind of keep each other's secrets for each other. And yeah. but they do have this connection ever since this episode. And uh, the last thing, you know, Sawyer asks is, you know, is it true? Did he really throw you out of building? Were you paralyzed? And Locke in just such Locke fashion just says, not anymore. Mm-hmm. And uh, and they he picks up his body and walks away. I mean, <clears throat> I know it sounds weird, but I used to have this. This is like back when Lost was still going on. I used to have the background on my computer was Locke carrying that body back. Well, that's kind of morbid there, Glory. <laughs> <laughs> Well, I, I did think when this happened too, you know, he throws his backpack on and then he picks up this big sack with his dead father. Anthony Cooper wasn't a small man. And, and we know, you know, dead weight, you know, the phrase dead weight, that had to be a really crappy walk through the jungle for Locke carrying this huge <laughs> bag with his dead father. I, I don't know how far the, the others were ahead of him, but they'd have to be pretty far ahead. And he had to walk a long way with a, his, That's his, true dead heavy father on his back and, i mean i i would say and he had to pick up on the trail but we know that, that they've left their trail for him to follow <laughs> when he did do it he was light in heart and mind knowing he'd never <laughs> have to deal with his dad again that's right sad he's like a really big boar he's carrying <laughs> <laughs> all right let's talk about the last couple things then about this episode we had um the last couple things we had on this episode was Saeed, Saeed gets brought in on everything because he he kind of, you know, they don't want to go to Jack because they don't trust Jack, so they go to Saeed. Um, I'm sorry, like, go ahead. No, I like that part of the story, too. Like, we've kind of had this slow build on the whole people not trusting Jack thing, and I think it's kind of starting to come to a head here. You know, he brought back Juliet and they've been kind of skeptical of him. They've they've asked him questions around the, you know, around the kitchen. They've done that before. But I thought it was kind of good to see this here that, you know, Charlie, who is as close to him as anybody, you know, they'd been through the cave in his withdrawal. I mean, they'd been through a lot together. Jack had saved his life. And even Charlie's kind of, you know, even questioning Jack. And Hurley, who, you know, pretty much trusts everybody, you know, he's, you know, the most kind hearted person in the group. They're all, you know, 
kind of skeptical of Jack. And it was, De- you know, Desmond asking the questions about, do you really trust this guy? And even Desmond had a pretty good connection with Jack from all they had been through in the past. So I, it's, it's a good story. I think this whole, you know, do we trust Jack? Did something happen when he was gone to the other? Cause even as an audience, I think we kind of questioned a little bit of what happened with Jack. Cause he definitely was different when, after that week he spent with the others. Well, it didn't help either at the end of the episode when they finally come and get Jack. Um, that Juliet said we need to tell them, and he said, "No, not yet." And you know, tell us what? No, not it's not time. You know, it it didn't help his case any right there. Um, it, can, and, can and, we say too that is Kate not the worst secret keeper of all time? Like she, she just went straight to him. <laughs> I I think Kate did the right thing. Come on, I, I do too. I think Jack has been doing the wrong thing, and here's why I say I think he's been doing the wrong thing because because his whole thing has been to get been live together, die alone, live together, die alone. So if he's keeping secrets about something, he's not letting even people like Saeed in on that people that he should be trusting. You know, Kate, those kind of people. And he's just trusting Juliet. I don't think he's. I don't think he's being a great, great leader by keeping everyone in the dark. No, definitely not. I I don't agree with that. I think Jack is. I think Jack's working on something here. He's he's coming up with a plan. And uh, I mean, I guess I don't really take either side. Like I understand why they don't trust him. I just find it. I, I think it's a cool and interesting story that they don't trust him. But I don't really think. <clears throat> I kind of get like you know. Either side of it, I, I, I like Jack in this episode. He's kind of, I love like when he's going up to talk to, uh, is he talking to Hurley? And he's like, yes, invite me to go camping next time. He's like, <laughs> hey, next time, count me in. Uh, <laughs> and uh, he just wants to be one of the guys. Um, and then it's, I mean, come on, Saeed. We haven't seen Saeed in so many episodes. It's great to have like a site. Like, where has he been? He's been like over in this like portion of the woods, chopping wood the whole time. <laughs> Well, I just, I just feel like if there's anybody Jack could have actually trusted, it would have been somebody like Saeed. You know, if him, I mean, and Juliet what is... were, if him and Juliet, though, were like cooking up a plan, it would make sense to me, hey, Saeed, we need to bring you in. That way, if something goes sideways, then then you actually have my back instead of, you know, I think you're hiding something, Jack. Kind of, Kind of a setup. Well, I mean, this is only days that have gone by here. I mean, I think he's going to reveal the plan here shortly. Yeah, oh, I know. But uh, I, I get I get what you're saying. I'm I'm glad that Hurley and Charlie thought of Saeed. I, like, I'm glad that Saeed's the person that, you know, they trusted. And I do think it definitely, the fact that it was, that she has this satellite phone and, bring, you know, we haven't had Saeed have a, you know, a mechanical thing to play with for a while that it's going to be a big part of the story here. So I think bringing him into that satellite phone is, you know, definitely going to move the story forward here. Yeah. Yeah. I think this, I mean, this, I was surprised. I, I forget how much this episode does. I mean, it's a lot of like big, like series long, stories between um jack i mean uh Locke and sawyer and then at the same time it's doing it's you know doing a good job it's pushing forward this other story we've got with all the other characters uh involving <clears throat> naomi and um you know juliet and all that stuff so okay and you know we we're gonna we get the setup that uh juliet may be a mole I mean, we know that she's not, that she's actually feeding information to, to Jack. She's being a double-double agent. But, uh, um, you know, Locke gives her the the um, tape recorder, <clears throat> which, credit to Locke, that was pretty sly of him to steal that tape recorder out of Ben's tent. Did he steal yeah, it, or did he, or did he low, or did Ben know that he took it? Or did he put it where Ben could take it, where Ben would know he took it? I I was trying to figure out that this whole episode too is like when did he actually steal that recorder? Because I'm pretty sure that that we find I don't I don't think Ben knew he took it. Um, I think we find I, that out in the future. Um, 
but yeah, I don't remember. I think he took it when he's in the tent um, and he's talking to him about yeah, you know, being healed and stuff. Okay. Uh, and then we kind of get the reveal. Of course, they they get the phone working, um, the satellite phone working, and then they realize that um, they need to they need to stop stop a transmission because they can't put anything out. And thus begins the journey of to the radio tower for the end of the season. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Yep. Sets up really setting up the last stretch here. So nope. yep, good stuff. All That's right. all I think I got on the episode. That's all I got. It was a good episode. It was a lot, a lot of interesting discussions and talks about it. So um, anything all else right. for you, should, Steven? Nah, should we go ahead and rate this thing? Well, whoa, 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 whoa. We have to say in memoriam to Anthony Cooper. Oh. Good riddance. <laughs> Good riddance. Con your way out of that one, son. Uh, <laughs> um, yeah. Well, let's go ahead and rate this thing then, Stephen. How are we rating this, man? All right. Let's 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 rate this one from 1 to 23. Um, con man aliases. Ooh, yeah, okay. I threw that in there because there was <laughs> <laughs> But I bet Anthony Cooper's got like at least twenty three comments. Oh yeah, at least, at least. For what did did we ever know for sure that that he was Tom Sawyer before this? Was that a revelation? I didn't. I knew we yeah, knew he was so. Sawyer. I but Tom Sawyer, I didn't know. We just knew it, was, it, it makes him even sleazier that he chose yeah. Tom Sawyer to like <laughs> seem charming to women and you know. So yeah. it was good. Huck Finn was taken. What can you do? Yeah. All right. Well, um, Mike, how many con man aliases would you give this episode? I um, I like this one, but so I'm going to give it a 19 out of uh, 23. Right. So I still 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 kept it a little high. It's not not one of my favorite episodes, but I, I kept it a little high though because it was a good episode. It progressed the story along very well. Had a lot of good moments, and uh, I appreciate it so. All right. Um, Corey, how about you? How many con man aliases? You know, I'm feeling I'm feeling really good about this one. I thought, I, you know, I, I think that when I think of it as a lock episode, sometimes I rate it lower as a lock episode. But I think you just have to think of this as its own lost episode because it's not really lock. It's not really it's a, it's a mix. It's a shared. And, and that's a, I would knock it just for the fact that it because they have to share the spotlight like you know it's not fully one or the other but uh i'm just i'll give it 22 out of 23 con man aliases so pretty high all right good good rating there i i'm gonna give this one 21 i was also pretty high on this one um i i feel like just this whole the end of season three is uh playing well on rewatch for me I, i gotta say i'm liking these episodes more than i remember this stretch of episodes so we're in a hot streak right now i mean we i think are. the last three or so episodes have all been you know the average score would be over 20 out of 23 for for us so yeah it's been it's been pretty good this is this is where the episodes for season three get really good to me i tried toward the yeah. end of this so well as we end this thing uh we kind of have one unanswered question we, we kind of get an answer to it but we don't and it's what were the rumors that Anthony Cooper was tied to? It's never really answered, but we kind of assume it was like Egyptians, and because we kind of see a lot of Egyptian stuff throughout, you know, the final season. So, yeah, curious to know what it was. Um, so Sawyer's got his name dictionary back. We are back. He is he is mocking people again. He is bringing some names out. Uh, matter of fact, he calls Locke John Boy. Tarzan and he calls Anthony Cooper Pops <laughs> so welcome back to the name Sawyer appreciate that um, as pop culture connections what? now wait a second in that little scene at the beginning did, did we did Sawyer not call Kate Freckles that not I, don't I don't know if he did or not it just I'll seems like he, that seems like that would have been primed for a freckle He's still uh, not doing uh, nicknames. He's not supposed to, but I think he's like, I'm outside of the beach, so the you know jurisdiction jurisdiction ends when I go into the jungle. Either that or Locke, Locke wasn't there when the deal was made, so therefore Locke's not <laughs> Locke. Yeah, that's what it is. Oh, uh, 
So as far as pop culture connections go, uh, the books in Ben's tent include The Oath, um, which is John Liscroft's uh, 2000 novel about a doctor who murders seriously ill patients for financial gain. All right. And then Word Power was a book published by Farrar, Strauss, and Garreau. Uh Tom Sawyer, obviously Anthony Cooper uses the alias Tom Sawyer, who is a reference to a fictional character used in multiple books by Mark Twain. Um, Little Dorrit, the parachute's name, of course, we finally learned her name is Naomi Dorrit. Um, Amy Dorr is the name of the protagonist of the serial novel by Charles Dickens, published between 1855 and 57. It is a work on satire on the shortcomings of society, government, and corrupt patent offices of this period. Um, let's see, Tarzan of the Apes, of course, Sawyer calls Locke Tarzan after, of course, we say this, this 1914 novel, but we've seen a lot of you know, TV and movies and that kind of thing. The guy raised by animals did not know he um, he was a human. And then the Waltons. Uh, Sawyer calls Locke John Boy after the very sensitive young man in this American television series. John Boy is a bit of a wimp, very family-oriented, but stubborn enough to do what he feels is right. <laughs> so uh, that's kind of our pop culture connections for the Brig. Corey, what are we watching next? Oh, next yes. We are going into Oz. To the end of the Yellow Brick Road. To God discuss... To you all. Yes. The man behind the curtain. Ben-centric. So, so which one of us is uh, the Scarecrow, the Cowardly Lion, and the Tin Man? That's the question. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, I'd actually be the lion. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I love this episode coming up. I cannot wait to get to it because it's kind of like our first big Ben one. But it also is, the, in a way, the precursor to my favorite episode of Season 3, Episode 13, um, of the entire series with the Dharma van. So oh, yes. I'm pretty, <laughs> I'm pretty excited about this episode coming up. <laughs> <laughs> in in Mike's mind, this isn't a Ben flashback. This is a is, this is a flashback, flashback for the van. This is <laughs> VW van a, flashback. In a flashback for Roger Workman. <laughs> yeah. Um, oh my goodness. Yeah. I would be willing to bet that our hot streak is going to continue, and I would, in fact, definitely say that uh, the remainder of the episodes in this season will uh, all be averaging above 20s on the score i just uh it's 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 already it's it's it's, you don't even have to bet it's for sure they're all they're all great oh yeah oh yeah they're they're gonna be good i mean you think we have this one then we have greatest hits and And then then it's through looking glass through the looking glass and we have a but we'll have a special guest on for that one um so that'll be you know i'm pretty interested and it's gonna be good it's gonna be really good so all right. Well, listen, everybody, that's been a previous show lost episode 67. We thank you so much for joining us uh, to the retro zap community. Come back, join us again next time here in a couple weeks as we go visit the man behind the curtain. Until yes. next time, peace out. Have a good one. And if you go out into the woods, please, please put some shoes on. Don't hurt yourself. <laughs> <laughs> Bye everybody. Bye. Have a good one.